Charles, can you hear me? Hello, Walt Dabrowski. Okay, hang on just a second. And... There, my friend. Welcome to episode four of the Cold Calling Pros podcast. My name is Charles Stead. I am the hostess with the mostess, the cold calling legend, kingpin. Yes, I am a superstar. Thank you, Walt, for backing me on that. I think Walt. I'm bound. You. I'm bowing down as we speak. Bowing down as we speak. You didn't even have to say that. I think the audience knows. The audience is bowing down themselves. They're like, who, who, who is, who is this motherfucker? Okay, let's just bow with Walt. Um, this is my man Walt. He is um, somebody that I respect. I admire. I'm going to start gushing because he is um, literally somebody that I, I do genuinely love. Um, a guy who's got my back 100%. Uh, he's been a, a mentor. Every time I speak to him, he brings a smile to my face. He brings the energy. He brings so many positive attributes to the table that helps me with my journey. And, um, and, I, and, I, and I just think he's a great guy. So um, I would like to have a chat with you about cold calling. I would like to have a chat with you about your journey. I would like to have a chat with you to show anybody who's listening, predominantly if they're a cold caller, if they're just starting out, if they're an old timer, you need to listen to Walt. Walt's got some gems that you need to hear. He is, everyone says he's a weird legend. I mean, he gets bandied about so much, but this guy's pretty fucking awesome. You, Walt, you, you, you're a fucking awesome guy. Where the fuck is the yacht gone? That's what I want to ask. Where what came? Where's the yacht gone? I know you're American, oh. but we t- we taught you how to speak English, bro. You can understand. I hear you, man, my brother. I know, man. I'm glad you guys over there speak English, or we'd have a tough time. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, so anyway, uh, what I did is I'm starting to wind down my career, and uh, I don't know if you know anything about boats, but uh, they're ridiculously expensive, and I had it. I've had those boats now for about seven years, eight years total. And uh, we moved uh, and bought a house in Arkansas, which is in the Midwest. And uh, so that would give us, we'd be 2,000 miles away from the boat. Sold it to a nice couple. Um, I mean, they're enjoying it like crazy. And so I, I gave it to some good people. Man, was I depressed though for about three or four days, dude. Bro, I would have been depressed for the rest of my life. You got to get the boat back. I mean, is there any is there any buyback option? You know, if they're not happy, is In, there a thirty day return? I mean, what's going on, man? You need to get the boat back, seriously. No, I think that was a phase of my life, and I think I'm done. I I've been released. I'm on working some other ventures, uh, doing some building projects here in Virginia. So, I kind of diverted my energy a little bit. Uh, in other areas right now okay but we had fun on that boat we had fun on that boat yeah yeah i had i had fun on the boat with you without actually being there i i i got a video tour oh the yeah boat. it felt like we I did some uh we just we did some video on that we showed you some... san francisco yeah yeah that's pretty cool well you know what you know there's two types of people in this world charles you know what they are hit me have nots and have yachts <laughs> Yeah, but the problem is, you know, I have not. You need to get the yacht. 
you need to go back to that nah. phase. You need to restart the phase. That's the problem. You don't need. You didn't need to come out of it. You just need to reevaluate it and go back into it with a fresh pair of eyes, maybe a different color. I should, sure. but it ain't gonna happen. Get a helicopter. It ain't gonna happen. Get a helicopter. So, dude, this is a surprise. We're on a podcast. This will be my second podcast in uh, one week. We did one on uh, fatherhood, and that was a real good one. And we've already gotten wow. lots wow. of hits on that. So, wow. you're gonna have to send me the link for that. What, what, what podcast was that? So it was on fatherhood, and it was uh, about uh, what we call three dimensional legacy. You know what my father taught me, and and words and phrases. You know, do the right thing. You know, keep your eye on the ball. And I remember saying that to my kids, and now my kids are saying it to their kids. Wow. So that's called tri-dimensional. <clears throat> the other thing is about protecting your kids' hearts through uh, lots of hard times, divorce. Uh, you know, when they need you the most, you got to be there. Um, I'm really kind of reaping the rewards right now, Charles, because they, my kids have always known that I'm there. And uh, one thing we have in common is we had an estranged child uh, with my daughter, it was almost 10 years. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. I know with your son, it was a long, long time. Yeah. But the one thing that we did not do is we did not Give stop yeah, pursuing their hearts. 100%. We went for it, man. And then, you know, they weren't there for us because, you know, <laughs> they were going through some tough times. But when they needed us, we were there, bro. We, we picked up there. that phone. We were always there. Yeah. So... And that's that's what they look for is is the constant in that love and that caring and you, you were there you know pretty cool yeah so yeah. that's what that podcast was all about yeah it sounds like a pretty deep podcast I'd like to listen to it so send send me send me the link I, I'm I'm gonna put if I can in the description if you send me the link uh, when we finish and then and then I'll try and somehow put the link in the description so any listeners can uh, follow that link and listen to that podcast as well because I think that would be a pretty cool podcast. So do you, do you remember the first time that we spoke, um, the first kind of initial chat that we had when you when you told me you were like OCD and uh, hyperactive and, you know, you're all... Uh, ADD. 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 Yeah. Um, and um, I think you've seen a lot of you in me. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think it's a definite maybe. Um, your career in sales, um, where did you first start out? Well, where, where are you from? Oh, like, where, where, where are you from? Like, 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 from, from like, from like a young age, like, we're not talking like eight years old on a cookie stand. I'm talking like, you know, paid 18 year old, 20 year old out, you know, out of college. Like, what, what area of the, 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 the good old USA are you from? Like, what was your first sales venture? Well, believe it or not, uh, my first sales venture was in auto sales. I, I had, uh, as a young lad, I left California <laughs> at 19, 20 years old. You like that, huh? Yeah, I like that. And uh, I went over to Hawaii. And uh, I lived on Maui for a year and a half. And uh, man, I'm telling you, was a great time, but you get rock fever over there. Okay. And so uh, I came back, uh, answered an ad in a newspaper and changed my life. And I went into auto sales. <clears throat> and then um, right after that, four months into auto sales, they wanted to fire me. Uh, so they all the managers got me in a room and said, 
you know, we're firing you or letting you go. You're no good and all that kind of stuff. And I said, well, you know, I tried to, I tried my hardest and, uh, you know, I tried talking myself back into it. And then this guy named Dewey McDaniel, he says, uh, you know what, kid, I'll take you. Let's give you one more chance. So we left the room. He took me out for breakfast and he, <clears throat> he looked at me and he said, you know, you know, what's really funny about this whole thing. And I go, what? And he goes, you can do this. You can sell. And it was the first time in my life that somebody looked me in the eye and I just felt like I felt like I could do it for the first time. And so uh, I went back there, man, and I, I killed it. I mean, I did great. Went into management, stayed in management, got out of management, went into training, stayed in training for 20 years. And I left training in February and uh, now I'm doing coaching and uh, personality profile and that kind of stuff. But I used to have to, what do you call it? I used to shoot it, knead it, or well, I don't know that phrase. I've never worked for a salary before. I had to eat what I killed. And I raised five kids on that, had a nice household, had a great life. All because, you know, I went out there and just did it. There's a, there's a certain um, person that can go into sales and become a success. And I, and I think tenacity um, is, is a really key element because I think, I think um, when people look at successful people in, in sales in particular, I think they think it's, it's about the talent. And what they don't understand is that you can have as much talent as you want, but hard work will be talent when talent doesn't work. And I think for people who find things that come easy to them, they can be softer and have a softer underbelly than the ones who have to work twice as hard. And and I know it's true because people can look at me and they can see me on the phones and they can say, wow, you know, you put all these things together, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, okay, fair enough. You know, I might have the personality for sales and in particular for cold calls, but for me, I'm just willing to work harder than everybody else. Like I'm just willing to die on, like literally die on the phone. Like if people think I'm joking, I'm willing to die on the phone, watching all my lives. I'm willing to, go to I mean I start my lives and I'm like guys it's like seven o'clock at night and I've been on the phone for twelve hours I'm fucked. Yeah I'm gonna do another power hour and all you motherfuckers are gonna watch me literally like uh, either kill this power hour or kill myself. And it feels like with your career, you know, you've got this tenacity, this this will, this determination. Um but you do it with a smile on your face. You know, you do it with a, a spring in your step. I mean that's that's the energy that I get off you. Um, obviously, I've I've only known you from 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 the latter years of your career, but for me, I could just imagine you as a you know in your thirties, in your forties. I could just imagine you know. <laughs> you, you, it's hard work, man. Yeah, hundred percent. But the way the way you come across is, I don't know whether it's something maybe that you accumulated as you grew older with knowledge and experience, because I definitely think I'm changing with my experiences. And I'm becoming yeah. a bit of a different person, 100%. Um, I'm not the person I was a year ago, let alone, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And I'm sure you probably feel the same. But for me, you know, when you reached out to me and, and you said um, some very kind things and some very kind words, and when we, um, we, we collaborate and whenever, you know, we, we may collaborate in the future, we're collaborating right now. You were just somebody that I think the, the audience needs to understand at the back end of the game, how important it is to just maintain that kind of 
simplicity when it comes to sales role. I mean, it is a really simple game. Cold calling in particular, it's really simple. Yeah. Not complicated. Yeah, I did it for years, man. I mean, I, <laughs> a matter of fact, I, I remember when I had, I did it with the phone book. And uh, I'm not kidding you. In 1977, I was handed the phone book and, you know, we, we called all the D's, you know, we called them up and we just said, it's, it's crazy. And so, uh, you know, I, I just, I just remember, uh, it's such a mind game, dude. It, I mean, your, I mean, your mindset is everything. If, if your mind's telling you that you're going to get defeated or you're wasting time, you know, sales is a contact sport, man. You gotta, you gotta contact people. And, uh, you know, I just, you just, I don't know why. I just ever, uh, when you're doing it and you get, you can take your emotion out of it, then all of a sudden you'll get results. But once your emotions get the best of you, then you start making excuses and things start running through your head. And uh, that's the emotional part of it. If you can keep that out of it and just do what you're told, you'll be successful. Do, do you think that um, <laughs> the phrase that I've learned is... Um what's common knowledge is not common practice. So do you think that even when you know this, and I know this from personal experience, I become emotionally detached from the outcome, but there are moments during the day um, where I, I do get emotional, but I, but I seem to catch myself. The, the longer that I'm doing cold call, and I've been doing 18 years, but in particular over the last 11 years, no, in actual fact, in particular, I would say just the last three years of being my own business owner for the first time, where I've had to cold call, like you said about a salary, you know, where I, where I, I literally, it's not even about commission only. It's about now I'm, I've got my own company. It's, it's a little bit different than having a commission only in somebody else's company. You know, when you have your own business, it's, it is different. So, so for me, I've learned that I, I will get emotional. It's going to happen, whether I like it, whether I don't. I'm already prepared that emotion is going to start seeping in to my day. And then I, and then I seem to catch it and be like, okay, it's coming or it's here. And I just kind of let it, I, I try and let it wash over me. Like today, for example, I start at half past nine in the morning. Sometimes I start, as you know, at like seven. So I'm already like in my head, I, I used to get so emotional. Like I'm two and a half hours behind. I'm, I'm going to have to chase the day. I'm pissed off. I'm annoyed. Why did I get up so late? You know, why did I go back to sleep? Why, why did I do this? Why did I do that? And it's, and it's kind of like, I'm going to have a bad day. But I thought, no, do you know what, Charles? You've had a really good week. Like, I've talked to myself. Like, I find myself talking to myself more and more and more. I keep having these kind of out-of-body experiences. On Monday, I made over 300 cold calls for the, for the second time in 18 years, but for the first time in, like, maybe six or seven. Dude, yeah, but bro, it, that's it, incredible. I, I did 10 power hours, which I've done before. I've done 10 power hours before. It was in June of last year. It was my best month of sales. Uh, for my own company and I did 10 power hours on Monday I got on the phones at 7am I finished at 9pm it was all live it was all on you know uh, my Facebook page or whatever it was 10 power hours and it was 12 hours of 13 hours I, I don't know it was a lot of hours of course and it was over 300 cold calls and I remember saying to myself well on the way to work maybe 6am and I said this to myself Charles you are a machine but listen to how I said that like, listen to the tonality. Charles, you are a machine. Like, you don't understand how powerful you're going to be today. You're going to do something special. You're going to get on the phones at seven, and you're going to power through no matter what until you literally cannot do any more. And then I, I decided to finish at nine. 
And I was just like, that day was incredible. And don't get me wrong, you know, I've had Tuesday was a shit day, Wednesday, it was a brilliant day, Thursday was okay, and today was a good day. So it's kind of like a bit up and down my week. But the point I'm trying to make is, what percentage would you say is mindset, number one in sales, and number two in, in particular in cold call sales, what percentage is mindset and what percentage is kind of like talent because we'll take away the determination and the hard work for a second we'll just put that to the side what percentage do you think is 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 the mindset of 100 percent? what percentage do you think is 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 controlled by the mind okay so i it's it, you know i don't measure it like that it's what i do is i i um i figure i have two modes a mode when i'm not in the zone okay. and a mode when i'm in the zone okay okay and the zone is when I, when not even, I can't even talk myself out of it. Okay. I'm just, I'm an animal. 100%. I mean, yeah. And, and I, and I, and, and it's, it's like being on stage, you know, you got a job to do, you got a time uh, line to do it in. Uh, you got a good script and you've worked on your script and you cause I word track commissions, follow good word tracks. That's what I say all the time. And you work on your and you work on your uh, your word tracks, and then you just get in the zone. And once you're in the zone, it's like you're it's like an out of, like you said, it's an out of body experience. It's crazy, and you 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 stayed in the zone all day. I mean, you know, getting in the zone that that you know, um, it, for cold callers, it can be a guy having a, a shot of whiskey. It could be a guy you know smoking that crazy stuff. You know, yeah. it could be. Uh, yeah. It could be that uh, they have to shut that door, play some loud music, yeah. to, and just yeah. so they can flip that switch into the zone. Um, once I'm in it, I stay in there until I until I get out. Not with the cold calling, but with just, I mean, not only with cold calling, but with anything. Once I get my mindset on doing something, then my willpower is up. Mm. Yeah. And I get rocking. It's, 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 yeah. it's very, it's very, very powerful. And I think a lot of people that say that cold calling doesn't work, you know, it's, it's, it's outdated, it's archaic, you know, it's not effective. I, I believe, genuinely believe that the, not so much the skills that you learn for cold calling, but it's the, the life skills. So it's not so much the sales yeah. skills, it's the life skills. So for example, with rejection. So when, when you were making these cold calls, and I said this in a, in a previous episode of, the, of this podcast, did you get rejected? Uh, like 98 out of a hundred times. I, uh, yeah. I would say I got now, rejected 99. So I would say you, you, you won it on me. But let me ask you this. When you say, did I get rejected? If I say I get rejected, then that means I took it personal. If I said they rejected what I'm offering, that's a different thing. Then I move on. You know, if the guy doesn't get it, the game isn't about trying to talk somebody into something. The game is about, you know, turning over that, just keep turning over those stones until you find an, an ant under the, one of those stones, you know? <laughs> uh, that's what an ant eater does all day. He just turns, he just turns those stones over until he finds an ant and he's, you know, so that's the, that's the hunting game. Those people that are saying no and rejecting, they're, you know, they're like, uh, they're, if you look, if you treat them as objections, uh, then then what's going to happen is is you're going to concentrate on those objections more than you're going to concentrate on your goals. 
Mm. Uh, I'll give you a class example. You, have, you know, the older you get, Charles, the more the more the simple things in life will teach you things. And the difference between looking at an objection and looking at a goal. So we had this little chihuahua and uh, it had to go up five, five stairs. And you should have seen the mental, uh, how this dog had it prepared to go up those five chairs. I mean, you would have laughed for, it's, it's, it, you would have laughed. It's just incredible. And then finally, if I wanted the dog to go up, I had two choices. One is to pick it up, put it on the fifth stair, which my, which my girlfriend wanted me to do all the time. Can you just pick, him up, pick her up and take them? And I said, no. I go to the refrigerator, grab a piece of cheese. The dog sees the cheese. The dog don't see the chairs anymore, the stairs anymore. Flies up the stairs. So for me, that comes down to something that I talk a lot about, which is motivation. So for me, if somebody has a particular goal, whether it's a, um, a weight goal, a health goal, a financial goal, you know, yeah, a career yeah. goal, what I always find is that if the person is motivated, and I'm not talking about motivation in the sense of, you know, like, you know, I'm big on my motivation, you know, motivational uh, speaking and audio and videos and oh, things yeah. like that. But I'm talking about yeah. a motivating factor. So, for example, if, and, and that's the perfect example of the Chihuahua, so we take it to a human example. If you were told that you're getting evicted in 30 days' time from today, but you have to make X amount of sales calls. Say you have to make, um, I don't know, we'll go with an easy number of, say, 2,000. Okay, so I, I make about 750 a week. So say I would make about, say, 3,000. So say 2,000. So the, so you have to make 2,000 cold calls uh, in 30 days. And you have to, 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 to do that, you'll get X amount of sales, which will get you that rent check in on time. Yes. Which, which gives you more yeah. breathing space. And then the landlord says to you, if you get this rent check in in 30 days, we're going to renegotiate the contract and you can stay for 12 months. And you, yeah. you, you and, 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 and then you look at perspective. So you look at your situation, Walt, and then you look at Charles's situation, you look at somebody else's situation. So for example, our perspectives are different. So you might look at that situation, say for example, and I'm only saying this as an example, say, you, say you, you're financially free. So you're looking at that yeah. situation like, do you know what? I'm okay with this because I've got the money in the bank that if I don't pay the rent, I, I can just move somewhere else. Okay, cool. So you're not going to do the calls, but that's fine. There's no judgment. That's cool. But for me, I'm like, okay, I've got no money in the bank, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to do these calls. And then you've got maybe the person in the middle that can maybe lend the money or maybe they can take out credit or maybe they've got some sort of safety net where they can get it done. So, okay, so what's out the picture? You know, he's sorted, he's, he's, he's not making the calls, he's out, he's going to move house, call, whatever. And then you've got Charles who's got nothing, absolutely nothing. What's he going to do? And then you've got a person in the middle who's going to be like, okay, you know, the, 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 it doesn't matter about the 2,000 calls because in the back of my head, I know I can ask my mum, my dad, my pops, you know, my, 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 my best friend for the, for the money needed. Yeah. Okay? So the person, uh, the, the what's out the equation, the person who has that safety net What's going to, and this is my opinion on, on cold calling and motivation, motivational factors, what's going to happen is, is that I, I literally see this as life and death. I literally see this as I have to do these calls, otherwise my family are going to get kicked out, but there's no safety net. And the problem is the safety net is, in my opinion, is what affects people's uh, uh, standards of performance, standards of performance, standards. 
you you if you want to reach a certain goal if you want to achieve a, a, a certain dream if you've got these desires you know these callings and you have to go after it what you have to understand is that you you, you have to outwork yourself every single day whether you have money in the bank or not it's the goal that's driving you forward so the motivation factor it could change it could add it could flow i always say this the the the, the outcome could be the yacht but then when you get to the desire uh, the, the desired goal when you get to the promised land you might think i don't want to buy a yacht now i want to buy a supercar so i don't want to buy a yacht i want to buy a lamborghini so the point yeah. is the the the, the end goal it, it, it can ebb and flow. It can change. It can evolve. It can move. It's 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 flexible. But the process. Oh, sorry. I keep saying this. We've got a lot of American listeners. The process. My apologies. Don't do that. I like it. When I like your accent. The process is this: get shit done, and you have That's to it. leave external influences out of the equation. You have to do it. And when you're a cold caller, whether you're new to the game or whether you've been doing this a very long time, it doesn't change. So when people watch me do live cold calls, they can see and they can hear the pain that I'm going through, the mental anguish that I'm going through. And I spoke about this on a previous podcast, the, the second by second pain. I spoke minute by minute, but hang on a second. If I ring somebody up and I say, I'm looking for the person that orders ink for your printer, click. Okay. That took five sec- less than five, four seconds, and someone hung up. I'm looking for the person who orders ink for your printer. It's 6.20 p.m. Why are you ringing me this late on a Friday? Click. Okay, someone else has hung up. But in less than a minute, I've already been rejected. So we're not even talking minute by minute, Walt. We're talking second by second. So the mindset for oh, me, dude. it's crazy. Like, like, you really have to be on it. Like, you have to be, to be successful, you have to understand that failure is a part of success and success is a part of failure. Just never, ever, ever give up. That chihuahua, you never, ever give up. If they want to get to that cheese at the top of the stairs and they fall on step three, step four, and they don't get to step five, they're not having it. You're not going to give it to them. You, don't, you, didn't, you didn't earn it. You didn't get to there. So if I, if I work for 30 days, I get to 1,999 calls and I, and, I, and I don't do the last call, I'm not getting that money to pay the rent, to, to have that 12-month breathing stick. Or whatever example it is, you can pull out the bag. But what this is really important that people need to understand is that cold calling works. Cold calling is a beautiful thing and it has to keep going when you're gone, when I'm gone, when, when, when these people coming through, your kids, your grandkids, my kids, etc. when these people are coming through, they have to understand that it will still work no matter what times we're in with technology, with uh, social media, with the way that people operate. Relationship building will never, ever change. Me and you have built our friendship on respect and just old-fashioned values. That's me and you, Walt. Yeah. Yeah, I got a couple things to add to that. So the so I just talked to somebody about two subjects, and it's kind of a it, – the timing is absolutely perfect. The uh, first subject was we were talking about there's three types of people. There are the people that, that, that – don't even want to talk to you. Uh, okay. This, the other category is people that are interested, but not right now. And then there's people that are going, hey, dude, where have you been? Where have you been all my life? 100%. And then we, yeah. And so I thought to myself, okay, we started talking, we go, wait, is it, can it, can it, how simple can it get? Well, what if there's only two types of people, people that want it and, and people that don't, 
I mean, you know, I mean, just don't want it. And we thought that was simple, but there's even one simpler formula when you're making those calls. And that is that there's somebody out there that wants it. So you just got to mow through it. And those, these, this rejection and the stuff that you go through is just a part of it until you, you actually find that person that's actually interested. Uh, so that's called response time. And let me tell you how potent response time is because chances are by the time you hit that one person after you make your 95 calls or 80 calls, um, response time in sales is means everything. And it, let me tell you where the secret to my success is uh, when I'm when I was doing sales when I'm doing sales hire is the important thing with sales hire is if I'm gonna if I'm gonna uh, acquire a client and he wants salespeople then I then I'm gonna devise a strategy to where where uh, when a person puts up their application on Indeed or any of those other sites I've got people waiting to literally call those people because we know that they're not busy. We know they're, you know, we know that they're not working. They're on, they're, they're looking for a job. So I can get, so once I get a hold of them, I can establish a relationship with them. And we're experts at establishing a relationship within one minute, me and you. Okay. So then all of a sudden we're laughing with the people, they're getting comfortable. And then before you know it, you know, you, you put a mark on their heart, you put a mark on their mind and they're going to use you. Uh, someday they're going to use your services for your products someday, or they're going to use your, your service and products right now. Um, so response time is how important it is when you, um, when you're cold calling, because when you finally do get somebody that's interested, you're the first person to talk to them about it. Hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Cause you're you're that relationship. Yeah, you're putting yourself in the position. So, so basically what happens is when you watch sports and you see them train and go through the plays, you know, we'll take American football and we'll take the, I don't know, the wide receiver or something like that. And, and what they're doing is they're trying to put the wide receiver in a position to catch the ball and get into the end goal. It's very, very simple. So, so yeah. what you're doing is every time you can apply this to any sport, really, you're putting yourself in a position to win, but you have to go through the play first. So, part of the play is the rejection. And I think when people say that cold calling doesn't work or people say that cold calling is dead, I feel that those people, as much as they will be successful, and I would hope that they would be as successful as they can be because success is relative. It's, you know, it's up to the person what type of my success is. And, you know, when I say what I see myself as being successful, you might see something different. I might see time freedom. You might see financial freedom. So, that is also relative. You've got to bear that in mind as well. You know, what your success or, or idea of success is may not be the next person's. But I just find that people have a soft underbelly and the way the world is going, with the way the world is going, if you catch my drift, I do yeah. believe that it, it, a person that is willing to do what is necessary day in and day out and has that consistency of day in day out has that accountability of being willing to do it in front of an audience for example the live call calls and it and in terms of the discipline to do it when they don't feel like it i think that person will be absolutely fine now don't get me wrong the processes and uh, you know things like that is really important let me let me say a phrase to you um i i, I was told uh, i was uh, given this phrase 
and I've got my own thoughts on it and I had my own reaction to it, but I want to, I want to tell you it and I don't want to influence you in any way. So I, I was told today and, um, and I've been told this many times before and I'm sure I'll be told many times again. I work smarter, not hard. No, you, you should, and I do. I work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me tell you. Okay. So let's talk about cold calling. When a guy is affected by rejection and he's, and he's afraid of people, then he's concentrating on that. A confident person is, is working on their word tracks and making them better and thinking about things like that more than he's thinking about people and what they said to him. So, you know, what, what I'm doing is, or, or what, a, what a good cold caller does is they work on their craft and they keep working on their word tracks and they go, okay, I'm good at the beginning, but somehow I fall off the cliff just when I'm ready to, you know, get the sale. Or what happens is it takes me a little while to get rolling with the customer, you know? So what the, there's this old saying, it goes, your chain is only as strong as its weakest link. Hmm. So a pro is always working on the word tracks and what that, and what is stopping that sale? What, what part of the process is actually stopping that sale? And by the way, that's exactly why cold calling pros is so valuable to so many people because they're on there looking for these word tracks and these, these mind, uh, these mindset uh, illustrations that these people put on the posts. And gosh, you, we got so many pros on calling pros. Uh, and some of the advice that comes down the pipe is like, uh, that's why you got to get on there every day because sometimes it can unlock your head. Sometimes you're your own worst enemy. I like that. I think, I think being your own worst enemy, I think is something that will never go away. So I talk a lot yeah. about. Um, you know, the devil isn't the, the hater. The devil isn't the person that hasn't got your back. The devil is the person inside your head that tells you that you're not good enough, that tells you that you're not uh, going to make it. The, the, the person in your head that says that you haven't changed from the age of 25 when you were a complete and utter failure. And what people have to understand that with cold calling, it gives you this sense of accomplishment when you get a sale, because you will get a sale, even if you're not very good on the phone, because the numbers never lie. You just have to do more numbers when you're not as skilled yeah. as, exactly as, right. as the person who's got the knowledge and the experience, you, you, but you will yeah. still get sales. So I, I think for me, the reason why cold calling pros, and I don't know whether this group on Facebook will evolve and go onto other social media or what, what have you, but you said something about the craft. So um, I, I talk a lot about, you know, like, and, I, and I've heard, uh, Eric Thomas in particular talk about honor, honoring thy craft, honor thy craft. So he said it was like a religious term or something like that. And I think yeah. for me, it's, it's it's really important to keep the teachings that work continuously through uh, time because what's going to happen is I'm going to get older and my kids are going to start getting older and then they're going to have kids and etc. And we're hurtling in a world, in my opinion, we're hurtling to a place where cold calling I think is just going to be in sales obviously I think it's truly going to be um, an art form, it already is an art form well I mean it truly is I mean to see somebody create a relationship with somebody from a cold um, perspective so no, no marketing has been given to the person no uh, previous contact they haven't been warmed up they haven't been passed on. They've literally 
entered into a conversation with somebody that is unwarranted. It is um, it is not uh, um, asked for, you know, and and you've gone and created something from nothing, like like creating like fire from like rubbing two stones together. You just boom, just creating it. It's it's incredible to witness it. And I do believe the people listening to this podcast episode, they have to understand that that Walt, <laughs> he's been in this game like you, you just said. He was making cold calls in the late seventies. For me, I don't think cold calling is ever going to go away. I think the people that are going to be successful at it are going to be the people that continue to want to improve themselves and strive. And if they can work smarter, fantastic. But if you can incorporate a strong work ethic into working smarter, and i.e., if you can work smart, then you should also work hard. Because I think working hard is 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 really important in the world that we live in. Because the world that we live in, I, I do believe, like I said, we're going to a point where everything is kind of handed to us on a plate. I could order something from Amazon today and it can arrive this evening. I mean, that's just crazy. You know, that, that when you really think about it, like the logistics of ordering something on my mobile phone and it arriving at my front door within the same day or within even a couple of hours is just like, I cannot get my head around the way technology is. It's just incredible. It really is genuinely incredible. But where is your will? Like, where's your determination? Like, like, where's your desire? Like, like, where's your ability to, to, to think to yourself, I want to be better today than I was yesterday. And, I, and also, I want to outwork the competition. I want to outwork myself. Like, where's that, where's that coming from? Like, 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 what's the situation with you? If you're not working hard, why are you not working hard? People say to me, oh, I, I, you know, I'm unemployed. Okay, so is there a passion that you can do that you can start working for yourself? Like I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, I've been working for myself for three years. I'm a baby when it comes to working for myself. I never meant to work for myself. I was sacked. I never meant to work for myself. I tried to work for, with other people. They didn't want to work with me. I, I was literally desperate to work with someone else and nobody wanted to work with me. That's why I worked for myself. Not because I wanted to, but because of a necessity, because I had to, because nobody else wanted to work with me. Now, three years later, it's a little bit of a different story. But the point that I'm trying to make is, why are you letting that, that company treat you in that manner? They've made you unemployed. That's an opportunity. That is an opportunity to go and pursue something and to make sure that you'll never become unemployed ever again. Oh, yeah. You know, maybe the lost art is the hard work. When in America and in the UK the money that the government gave with recent events, I had my thoughts on it. And I and I did have some money myself. And my thoughts were very, very simple. You're creating an environment where you're giving something and people are celebrating the fact that they've got it out of nowhere or seemingly out of nowhere. They've just been given this money. But the problem is that at home, and they're getting softer because they're not working. So they're getting the money that they would normally get from working. They're at home. And over here in the UK, what's happening now is the people that have been given the money to stay at home, they now have not got a job to go back to. Whereas if they fought for that job in the first place and said, no, I do not want to stay at home. I do not want the government money. I do not want to be paid for not doing anything. I want to work. I will do what, what you need me to do. So I cannot work on reception. I cannot work in the building. But what do you need me to do? 
CEO, managing director, you know, manager, you know, floor manager. What, what is it that I need to do? Because I need to continue to work. Because when I did the delivery job for 34 days, and I've actually documented it, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release it soon so people can actually watch that, that little snippet of my journey of being, uh, being a, a courier delivery driver, is I was making deliveries from 10 a.m. until about 4 or 5 p.m., and I was knocking on doors at, say, like 2, 3, 4 all day long, and people were answering the door in like their pyjamas, and I'm not judging. I'm not judging in any way, shape, or form. I've also got five children the same as you, and I'm not a judgmental person. I don't give a shit. I live in a jungle. I, I, I literally live to survive every single day living in this house. It's fucking crazy. Like, shit is crazy, and it will always be crazy in my life. So I'm not a judgmental person, but what I am saying to you is, you're being soft. You're in your pyjamas answering the door at four o'clock in the afternoon. You've got to wake up. Like, you've got to do something. This could be an opportunity to go into a, a to start your own business. It's very, very simple. If you want to knit, you know, you're really talented at knitting, buy, buy a sewing machine. Buy a singer, brother, sewing machine, the dog's bollocks, put it on the table and start knitting jumpers. Because you, will, you could start a business with your passion. So this situation that we're all in at the moment, well, it, 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 I think you are right. I think that, you know what, I think that that is a really good way of looking at it. Maybe the lost art isn't the cold calling. Maybe the lost art is the work ethic because I genuinely, I see it every single day. You see it in the cold calling pros. People come in and they're like, what's the easiest way of getting a sale? Like, what, what's, the, what's the quickest way of getting leads? Or what, what's the best CRM system for, for keeping customers? And it, it's, in my opinion, the differentiating factor might be the fact that I'm just willing to work harder than you. Well, if we put me and you next to each other and we're making cold calls and you and you make 100 calls in a day, I, I will be willing to make 101. And I can guarantee you this. You see me making 101, you're going to want to make 102. Like, we're going to push each other to new heights, to new standards. And I think that's what it's about. I think I definitely think it's to do with hard work. And I think that's what the missing element that a lot of people, uh, they don't want to talk about it. Because it's hard. Cold calling is hard. It's really tough. It's mentally. Um, well, it, it it is hard, and you know the thing is, is one of the one of the reasons why cold calling won't go away is because it's free. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if, if you're laying around, I mean, you know, uh, and or you're laying around, or you're not doing anything, you know, and and uh, and all, and you understand that sales is a contact sport, and you've got to contact people. Then and you know that you're capable of making between 60 and 100 calls per day, and you know that there's a market out there that somebody's going to go ahead and buy it, then you're going to uh, then you're going to um, uh, you're going to go ahead and you're going to make it. You're you are if you have that mindset, and you you know where does your excitement come from? What's your kill, uh, Charles? What makes you want to make that first call, or what makes you want to get on a roll and get rolling? Is it because of that one person that, that you connect to make a deal with? Or is it because you want to go ahead and get 100 phone calls out a day? You know, what is it? So, so for me, it's, it's, it's extrinsic and it's, it's intrinsic. It's external and it's, and it's internal because the easy answer is to say, for me, it's, it's about, obviously, it's about, you know, it's about the family. I've got to make these cold calls to make this money, you know, to pay yeah. these bills. You know, but but it's too easy for that. It's too easy because I'll be honest with you, my kids have got so much 
that they've become spoiled. Like I've given them so much. So do you know what? My kids are absolutely fine probably for the next year or two. Not a problem. So where yeah. where is my motivation coming from if my children have everything they need for the next couple of years? Okay, so my motivation, and this is for me personally, is that my dad, he, he built and designed a couple of houses that are worth a lot of money. We'll do it in dollars. I think they're worth like, say, $500,000. There's two of them. Uh-huh. I, think there's a, I think there might be a third that I might have to buy as well. And and my goal, my ultimate goal, is to buy these houses, is to put them in my children's name, and it will his legacy will continue through my children, through my grandchildren, and through my great grandchildren, and after I'm gone, because these houses will always represent my father. But the fact that I've managed to go out there and buy them, the houses will also represent the sweat equity that I've been willing to put in to buy them. So. Up until the day that I die, I hope to have a phone in my hand because I'm willing to do what needs to be done to get these houses in my children's name. Now, if I don't do it, it doesn't make any difference to me because I'm still willing to do what needs to be done. Now, whether I do what needs to be done or not is is, is a moot point. It, it, it doesn't make the difference because, like I said to you, the end goal can change. I might get to $500,000 and think, do you know what? I, I want to go and buy a yacht. I don't want to buy the house or maybe the house cannot be bought or something may happen in between, you know? So the point is I I'm willing to get up in the morning, get on the phone at 7am because I know during seven to 8am, I know at least one conversation is going to be a good conversation and it's going to end up being something. But when you talk about that kill, you know, Everybody wants to eat, but few are willing to hunt. That's what I've got on my motivation picture of a lion above my computer desk. Yeah, you, you saw know. me. I, yeah, yeah, and hundred percent. I, I can, I can show you a lot more because I'm going to have a whole office full of it. But it, it's like, it's like people don't understand the feeling of what it's like to make uh, effort before nine o'clock, because if the competition starts at nine and finishes at five, and you're making a one phone call after five. In my opinion, you're you're, not, you're now in a different realm. You're in a different energy. You, you you're just in your own world because you're putting the effort in. And of course, you could argue the point of, you know, Charles, you should be spending time with a family, and you know, you, you maybe you should be spending time with your children in the morning, blah 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 blah. But this is what people don't understand when they come at me with that. You don't know what happens behind closed doors. What? I don't know yeah. what happens with you behind closed doors. And with the greatest amount of respect from one male to another male that's both had five children each and both of us have had similar situations with one of our children being estranged you know and getting that relationship back etc which is very similar time uh, frame as well i'll be honest with you like i wouldn't recommend let's just put it like this i wouldn't recommend having five children so if anyone's listening to this podcast episode i would strongly recommend not having as many children as five because shit is fucking hard like it is tough so for example i could finish at five and i could come home and see the family and i could come in through the front door and my kids would welcome me with open arms and i'd be like i'm so glad i left the office i'm so glad i'm on family time i'm going to turn off my phone i'm going to have quality time with my daughter with my son i'm going to do this and do that and do the other and then guess what reality hits you sit on the sofa and then your daughter's on her iPad, and then your son's on the Xbox, 
and the baby's, you know, in the corner playing with his toys, and 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 the missus has gone out to see her mum, and and not even the fucking dog wants to sit by your feet because the dog's out the back chilling, trying to chase birds, you know. Yeah. Little, and then you start bird. getting tired. Yeah. And then you crazy. start getting tired, and then and then and then and then you and then you just keel over slightly, and before you know it, it's nine o'clock and you've fallen asleep. So the point yeah. that I'm trying to make is this whole kind of uh, perception of this perfect life, you know, this family life. When you have children, uh, multiple children in particular, and, 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 and quite a few multiple children, I do believe that you should, my, my, my daughter in particular, she's 11 years old. She comes in the office and she is now seeing firsthand what she was seeing in the house, but she wasn't really paying much attention because she's 11, she's getting older, she's getting more perspective of life she's getting different viewpoints she's just growing into a young you know obviously a young you know she'll be a teenager in a couple of years but she is she is really understanding that dad works hard like like she is like 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 fuck me like you 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 work hard dad like you uh, even my five-year-old understands she asked me for robux which is like a little thing on roblox which i think a lot of parents if they're listening to this with small children they know that roblox is one of the most uh, biggest uh, plat- uh, games that, that a child can play, Robux you have to pay for. My daughter comes to me and says, Dad, Dad can I have some Robux? And I'm like, I, I haven't got it. And she's like, oh, is it because you've got no money? I said, damn right I've got no money. And she's like, well, well you need to work more, Dad. You know, you need-. And I'm like, I'm trying. Like, I'm trying. And then my eight-year-old will chip in and be like, Dad works enough. Dad makes 100 calls a day. And then my 11-year-old will chip in and say, yeah, I was in the office with Dad earlier and people were hanging up on Dad. So, so I'm actually seeing... You know, this whole uh, uh, generation of kid, kids see their dad work so hard. And do you know what? Well, that, that is what inspires me the most. He's getting these houses to put in these kids' names and making my dad into a legacy figure in terms of securing what he built. Like, like my, my dad was born in 1922. So you've got to think to yourself, you know, my dad had this whole life before he had me. He had me at the age of 62. So he was only alive for 15 years. You know, I only had him for 15 years. My dad had this whole life before he even had me as a baby. But you've got to understand, a 62-year-old man had a had two children with a black woman in her 20s, which in at a time in the UK, there, there was um, that, that just was frowned upon. Well, it wasn't even frowned upon. It was just unheard of. And he was walking around with a young child and he had to, like, develop into this father figure again after like a what a 30 year gap or 20 year gap of children and 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 he did it and he did it and the, the and the, and the, and the, the foundation that he's given me Walt has been incredible he's instilled some old fashioned virtues some old fashioned values you know be polite to people you know don't, don't judge people shake people's hand you look them in their eye you know you treat people how you wish to be treated when I'm on these phones making these calls, listen to the words that I'm trying to say. Listen to the words that I'm trying to say. I am trying to build relationships with these cold calls. I literally speak to people and it's like I've, I've known them my whole life. I've known them my whole life. Like I spoke to a new customer the other day and my partner was listening to the conversation and I come off the phone after laughing and joking with this, with this customer and she come off the phone and I said to her, guess how long he's been a customer? And she said, oh, what, two years? I said, that is the second time that I spoke to him. And the first time was yesterday. She said, what? How the hell could you speak to somebody like that? And I said, that's just, that's just, uh, without being cocky, that's just, 
this is just what I do. I just live what I do. I just live certain yeah. things. I, I don't know whether it's transitional because you you know you know me. I want to get into certain things that you you're involved in sales training, you know uh, things like that, motivational speaking. Yeah. I hundred percent want to do that in the future. But for me, it, it, cold calling is just is beautiful. It is a I I scour the internet to look for live cold callers. This cold calling pros group, I've recruited people in. Well. I oh yeah, I've purposely looked for people doing live cold call, and I've asked them to join the group. Because you remember when the group was, how many people was in the group when you first joined? I think there was less than ten of us, or or I'm telling you, there was a handful. What's it now? Uh, three thousand one hundred, but there was a massive. Oh my god! Yeah, but it could have been a hell of a lot more. I stopped. I, I mean, I've stopped promoting the. Bearing in mind. There's 3,100 people. If if every single person invited one other person, obviously it doesn't work like that. But the point is, if everyone can invite one, well, I just yeah, I got uh, my cold callers. I've already had three or four people in the last two weeks that have just from this one company that has uh, uh, signed up for cold calling. So um, I, that's the first thing I do is because I'm working with cold callers. You have to uh, put them in there. It's it's a community. Like, do they go in there? People are it's crazy. There. There's 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 you've seen the tenacity of the moderators and of the admins of how yeah. I've instilled this um, this spirit where if you want to yeah. like like there's going to be no you're not poaching like like from a marketing perspective how how amazing is it to join a Facebook group of three thousand of your prospective clients like if you're looking for cold callers, how amazing it is to join a group and you've got 3,000 cold callers to choose from. But whoa, 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 hang on a second. What gives you the right to come into a group and ask, I'm hiring for cold callers, you know, who's available? No, that's not how we play in the cold calling pros. Uh We do it like this. Get our respect. Go live. Do some cold calls. Build a following for yourself. You know, do, get, gain our respect by showing us exactly what you do, you know. And I think I think this is the the reason why the cold calling pros have done so well is because I've kept that tenacity and I and I and I've said to the admins and moderators, you need to you need to make sure that this fucking shit it stays organic. This shit is sweet, you know. You, you're talking three thousand people in one place that all are singing from the same page, and this yeah. cold calling pros group is special. It is. Well, listen, I'm, let, let me show you. I mean, everybody thinks, you know, uh, you know, you, you have to put a lot of natural ability into uh, sales. And there's a lot more, you know, there's I, I'll, I'll close with this. There's there's eight factors that I think it takes for you to be successful in sales. One is you got to be approachable. The other one is you got to be an inquisitive listener. You got to be a quick thinker. You got to be a persuasive conversationalist. You got to be a self-starter. You got you got to be an innovative thinker. You got to be resilient. But the most important one is you got to have the ability to read people. And I've got a lot of people that have a lot of those things right there, but they weren't in. They don't know how to read people, and that's the one. That's the one that takes a long, long, long time to perfect. Um, Everything else is kind of like mechanical in terms of personality, but the ability to read people. And it in and here's what I found out when I was listening when I listened to your cold calling, you have this incredible ability to get somebody to laugh within 45 seconds. You, it's like I don't even if you 
I don't know if you're nervous or if that's in your script, but I'm telling you, you, you know, you'll, all it takes is a name, a, a phone number where there's like a, you know, a, what, you know, a sequence of phone numbers or, you know, you go like, Oh, okay. And, or what's your email address. And all of a sudden you'll say, Yahoo, are you kidding me? Have you been on, you know, or hotmail, you know, and then all of a sudden you'll, you have this laugh about you. And what that does is it causes the customer to lighten up. And that's how, that's how you get in, bro. Yeah. And let me tell you this. Do you think that anything that I say is left to chance? Or do you think everything I say is on purpose? I think it's on purpose. I think and you've worked your script to the point where it's so effective you know, and then even if it, even the best cold callers only get 3%, you know, it's, I mean, you know, so basically if you want to deal that day, you got to, you got to call a hundred calls. If you want to grab something from there. Now, remember, uh, you know, also people that are interested, you'll be sent, you know, it, it's just not cold calling. When you cold call, now somebody knows you're there. If you don't cold call them, you're not there. So when you're there, then what happens when they, finally need the product have you ever had anybody email you back three weeks or a year from uh the first time you talked to them yeah. or an hour and a half or yeah. two hours yeah and they order i get yeah yeah they do they, I, that that is how in cold calling that is how normally the deals have been from what i've experienced in my in my area of, of ink and printing industry what normally happens is that um you ring the person up you quote them and you normally ring them up three days later. What do you think of the prices? Oh, we're ready to order next month. Okay, I'll ring you in a month. Now, whether I'm, it's right or whether it's wrong, I'm not going to dispute that fact right now. But very, very rarely do you see me follow up on people because my pipeline is so full. I, 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 I'm not saying, again, rightly or wrongly, I'm just saying I don't do it. No, they the call you is, back. They call me back. But the point, and, and, and what do I say on the call? I say, I promise I'm not going to do your heading. I'm not going to badge you. I'm not going to pass you. I'm not going to, and I'm not going to hassle you. Is that okay? Oh, Charles, that, that is the way I like to do business. Well, that is the way I built my business. You take your time. The prices are not going to change. I'm not going to move my goalposts. I don't do deals. I don't do discounts. I don't do offers. It is what it is. Well, if you're happy with the prices, you might need ink tomorrow. You might need ink in three months. It's nothing to do with me. Get in touch when you're ready. Is that okay? Charles, yeah. that's, that's, that's brilliant. Listen, Walt, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And I know this sounds wishy-washy, but, you know, I've built my whole relationship on relationship building. I'm not price-led. Well, I hope you like the prices. I hope they're brilliant, but I don't want to be the cheapest. If it is, fantastic. But let, let, let's bang our heads together because these original inks, they cost so much money. You know the manufacturer yeah. is making money. Ink is the, in the top 10 most expensive liquids in the world. You know no, this No, you're one. telling me. You know this. Yeah, Everyone in the world knows it. I know, dude. It's crazy. But this is but this is what this is what I'm trying to say. When you're on the phone to somebody, and I hear something at the start, you you said about reading people. Yeah. When I when this is interesting, and I've tried to teach this a little bit to a couple of the guys in the call phone pros. When I make a phone call and I say, I'm the first person to speak, generally speaking. Uh, oh no, yeah. sorry, they're the, they're the first person to speak. Sorry, my apologies. They say hello. Okay. And then I'm the first person to speak, uh, the, the line, you know. But the person answers the phone like this. Hello. Deep voice. Sounds pissed off. This is what I do. 
I deepened my voice to match them. And psychologically, I now have to overpower them and show them that I'm no fool. And you are not gonna. You are, you are not. I'm I'm physically a big guy. You are not. You are not gonna uh, 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 get. You know. You're not gonna get to me. And then I say I'm. I, I go deep. I'm. I'm looking for the person who always the ink for your printer. Yeah, it's me. And straight away, in my head, I'm like, bet, let's go. Like I've got this guy. Like I've got. Like he's a first call close. Now most cold callers would be like, uh, uh, I, 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 um, oh, oh, okay. I'm like. Cool. My name's Charles. Work for myself. I'm a sole trader. Don't do sales talk. I'll cut to the chase. What print you got? I got a HP Laserjet 1022. Wicked. It's a Q26 12A. Does 2,000 pages. 25 pound, five pound delivery. What you reckon? Send me out two. No problem. Uh, pay me after delivery. Okay with you? Not a problem, Charles. Yep. No problem. Here's the address. Boom, boom, boom. Bing, man, Bosch. Three minutes. I've just made 50 pounds. Dude, just like that. I've got just them like that. Just, I, I say I've got them recorded. You fucking watched it how many times? I do that. Dude, I've seen it. You've seen, dude, in in there sometime you get him to laugh. It's just it's you just and, and then and then people say to me, cold calling doesn't work. Okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. Okay. You may say that because of my knowledge and my experience, uh, I, I, I can do those closes. That's fine. But but listen to this, and this is what nobody asked me this. Nobody asked me this. When did I start first call closing? I started first call closing on a random Friday. When it was only me and the boss in the office, it was in like 2014. 2014, literally six years ago. I've been cold calling 18 years. I started first call closing. The day that I first started first call closing is the day that I I literally phoned somebody up and he just said yes, and I was like, oh okay, that, that doesn't really happen. And I ended up getting, and this is no word of a lie, because the witness is the boss, and you know of my old company, and he doesn't like me, but he, if he tells the truth, he was there. You know, he was there, and and he said to me. Go and get another one. Go and get another one. Go and get another one. I ended up, and this is a God's honest truth, I ended up with 10 first call closes on one of Friday. I had a, an amazing weekend. I came in on the Monday, and he said to me, it was just me and him in the office again because the other sales guy was off. Walt, he, he said to me, Charles, go and do it again. Laughing at me. Go and do it again. I bet you can't do it again. I went and got eight first call, not, not, maybe not eight first call closes, but eight new customers. Maybe a couple of them come back to me. Wow. At least, at least six. The point I'm trying to make is I got more sales in two working days, Friday and Monday, than most people in this industry get in a month. I got more sales in two days. And then I did that. that It is incredible. And then some days I don't get any new customers. And I'm thinking, what happened there? Well, it's because I I talked my way into a sale. I talked my way back out. So that's another thing that i got to work on. It's because I'm not perfect. It's because, you know, sometimes I do get emotional. It's because a lot of distracting things happen to me. That's why I'm taking a bit of a break from you know, certain elements of social media. It's because of this, it's because of that. You said to me right at the beginning of this podcast, you said to me that the, the haves and the have-nots. Sometimes yeah, you just got to go out right. and get it done. You are, you are exactly right. Exactly right. Well, we're going to have to call it a night here because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm getting up there now in time and I got a big no, day tomorrow. Actually, you, you're not going to believe this, but you're, you're ready for this? I <laughs> bought a boat. But I bought a pontoon this time. I bought a pontoon. So I, got, I bought a pontoon, and <laughs> so I do own a boat. You know, but this is like a, you know, I don't even know why I bought it. I think my brother-in-law wanted me to go and have some with it, so I went and have some. I'm, 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 I'm proud of you. I'm not going to tell you the time in the UK because I don't want people to judge me. But I want the listeners to um, follow Walt. Um, he's got a company called SalesHire.com. Uh, oh, anybody, yeah. anybody who's looking um, 
for sales guys, you need to get in touch with him. Um, you need to go to his website. You need, you need to reach out. Um, his surname, his name's Walt W A L T Dobrowski. I think he's D O B R O W S K I. You got it, my brother. You got it, bro. Best way of spelling Walt. <laughs> w A L T. You got it, man. W A L T. I think it's the only way of spelling. Hey. Walt. This is a surprise call. I loved it. I'm when I heard your voice. I man, I put a smile on my face right away, man. I'm send glad you called me. hundred percent. Always send me the link to the podcast, and I'll put it. Oh in yeah, you're gonna love it. Yeah, hundred percent. And I'll and I'll try and put I'll put your website link or whatever. I'll I'll, I'll just promote the fuck out of you because I just love you to bits. I think you're amazing, dude. I love it, man. Yeah, All thank right, you. Dude. Thank you for the friendship. All right, um, thank you very much, and uh, and I'll get you in on a, another episode. Uh, in the future, if that's okay with you. Dude, always always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. All right, bro. Always a pleasure. All right, I'll catch you later, my friend. All right. All right. Well, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.